I did not even have the microphone on. I, 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 I. This is Safety Wars. Or from the border of liberty and prosperity and the highway to the north. This is Safety Wars for. Now, this is almost like a dropped call where you're talking and you can't hear the other person. So, anyway, uh, welcome to Safety Wars. I don't even know if this is our 200th program or not. Uh, we just keep in track. Anyway, long story short, uh, my better half has been away this week. She works for a major charity you've probably all heard of as an event and meeting planner. And she was out in Reno, Nevada for meetings at, uh, for an event in Lake Tahoe. So they had meetings in Reno and they had meetings in Lake Tahoe. And what ended up happening was uh, no rental cars. So her assistant flew in. Uh, there were all different kinds of weather delays. Uh, my wife got there a day ahead of time because it's her travel day coming from the East Coast. And uh, her assistant was due to be out there uh, very, you know, uh, very late, right? Leaving from uh, Pacific Northwest. And she lands at the airport at like 11 o'clock. No rental cars. Guy behind the uh, counter says, Oh, yeah, everybody got snowed in at Lake Tahoe. They just left the rental cars because they didn't want to take the chance of getting into an accident with a rental car, right? I guess not too many people have the full blown insurance. And uh, so they had no rental cars. He said, Come back in the morning. She was the first one online. She stayed in the airport all night, got there. 5.45 a.m. at the rental car thing, and they had the rental cars. Incredible. Anyway, uh, that's what, what went on, and it was just so, everywhere, everywhere. It's like when I went to Orlando, same deal, except without the snow. No rental cars, so we had decided to Uber everything around, and it probably turned out cheaper, right, uh, doing that. So it's nuts. Everything is nuts. Due to the uh, you know pandemic, nothing's the same anymore. Supply chains or anything else, it's really you know. So we're going to start out real quick. Oh, we're going to change the order of things. We're going to talk about the money news really off the off the uh, bat here, because uh, things are going haywire. So we have the Dow Jones Industrial sank. By a lot. One, uh, so it sank by 543 points. That's 1.66 of the total. So, uh, no, there was, uh, the jobless claims came out. Uh, no, and then, uh, people were, uh, no, I was sitting, I was over at my mom's house. I was in the neighborhood yesterday afternoon, and she has CNBC on, and they had the testimony of uh, one of the people in front of Congress, and you could just see the, uh, as the person's talking, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial sinking yesterday. Then it came up a little bit, and then it just sank like a rock today. Down 543 points, 54, closing at 32,254. Uh, this is what happens when you have, uh, 
of speculative stuff going on. S&P 500, again, uh, another one down, 1.85%. That comes out to about 73 points, closing on 39.18. NASDAQ down 2 percentage points to close at 11,338.35, down 237 points. 10-year Treasury note is at 3.87%. Uh, yeah, as three point eight seven percent that sl- came down slightly, and Bitcoin tanked today, right from the well at least from the last time we were on the air, and while well, it was mostly today from the graph I'm looking at, uh, closed at twenty one oh two, two twenty thousand one oh two, uh, going crude oil sank to, today, uh seventy five forty eight. Down uh, just under, just shy of a quarter. Uh, and there's all different types of uh, news in the oil market. Yeah, I'm looking at one story here. U.S. shale boom shows lines of peaking as oil, big oil wells disappear. I guess that's going to be another excuse to charge us more. And uh, that's basically what it comes down to. Precious metals. Gold is at eighteen forty four seventy. Silver that's up slightly. Silver at twenty thirty eight. Uh, pretty much holding even. Platinum uh, fell to nine sixty three twenty, and palladium at fourteen twenty six. Now I listen to a lot of the uh, late night shows uh, on the radio, and I take immense pride that I'm the first one to report on a lot of this stuff ahead of these other late night talk shows. Do a lot of, I have a lot of pride in that, believe me. Uh, so when I listen to uh, any of the local stations here, now the late night shows, I'm ahead of them. I feel great. And you could be ahead of them too if you tune in to safetyfm.com uh, live. And, you know, I usually uh, upload the podcast uh, shortly thereafter. Didn't do it Monday or Tuesday, but we'll have like a best of program this weekend. Uh, stuff's going on all over the place. So we have not spoken about the uh, uh, war in the last couple of uh, weeks, but we got we got stuff going. This just came out this afternoon: Chinese rocket that delivered military spy satellites breaks up over Texas. All right, this story is from today. The second stage of a Chinese rocket that delivered a trio of military surveillance satellites in June disintegrated over Texas on Wednesday. Four-ton component of the Zhangjing 2D Long March rocket punched through the atmosphere on Wednesday over Texas, 17,000 miles per hour, disintegrated. So they have not uh, found any debris. Now, here's a little bit of trivia. We, uh, back when the Spatial Columbia broke up, I believe that was in February of 2003, uh, they had, uh, or no, January 2003, I think. Anyway, they had, uh, uh, I was talking to a lot of the cleanup, cleanup people at the time, and uh, no, it broke up over uh, the southeastern United States starting in East Texas, and then spread out. Uh, they said a lot of the, uh, no, even a couple of days later, a lot of the uh, pieces were still hot. 
from it, right? Uh, from the re-entry, and uh, the only thing that survived there, unfortunately, was the uh, a bunch of fish, right? So, uh, and when they were going through all of this stuff in southeastern United States, they found a lot of stuff that nobody knew about, like uh, murders, plane crashes from small planes, uh, boats that sank like out in the back bayou areas and things and uh, no missing persons. Uh, sort of like reminds me of that movie Kin uh, from the 1980s. Uh, you could uh, probably find it somewhere where uh, law enforcement goes into the backwoods. I believe it was the National Guard uh, to uh, apprehend someone and uh, you know, it doesn't work out so good for them. Uh, where do I come up with these references? Uh, hold on. Let's look at that on, on IMDb. Ken. IMDb. What year was that? Uh, hold on. They apparently did a remake of this. What year was this? It doesn't even say. It was a horror movie, and there were two movies. There was one in sometime in the 1990s. It's not coming out. Uh, and they apparently did a remake here, and now there's a TV series, Ken. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, weird. No. I, I tell you what, nobody can come up with original ideas anymore. We have to rehash uh all these old things as an irish tv series but uh let me see kin uh movie and they had one in 2018 and uh imdb horror movie national guard uh, they have this. So maybe I have the movie wrong. But anyway, okay, I digress. I know. Go on with the safety. So here we are. Russian missile barrage. And we got more war news. Russian missile barrage slams into Ukrainian cities. There's six dead. So this is out of Kiev, Ukraine. A barrage of more than 80 Russian missiles and a small number of exploding drones hit residential buildings and critical infrastructure across Ukraine on Thursday, killing six people, leaving hundreds of thousands without heat and electricity. Such The largest such attack in three weeks also put Europe's largest nuclear plant at risk by knocking it off the power grid for nearly half of the day before it was reconnected. Because nuclear reactors need constant power to run cooling systems to avoid a meltdown, the latest power loss to the Zaporizhia plant again raised the specter of a nuclear catastrophe. Uh, so... I was supposed to go to Poland uh, when the uh, Chernobyl exploded. My father very wisely canceled the trip. And I tell you what, people, uh, even you know, inside and outside my family over in Poland, a lot of people came down with cancer with that one. Hackers break into Russian TV and tell everyone there's been a nuclear attack. People living in, e in the east of Russia have once again been targeted in a television and radio hack, apparently suggesting they had been subject to nuclear attack. Before we start laughing at Russia, same thing happened in Hawaii about 10 years ago. 
right? It's the third time media stations in the country have broadcast hoax warnings in just over two weeks. On February 22nd, a fake civil defense siren said an air raid alert was in effect, while another on February 28th said there was a missile threat. Today's message, however, included chilling new detail, an instruction for those listening to take potassium iodide pills, which are typically used in radiation emergency, they're to save your thyroid, right? Because your uh, radioactive iodine is one of the uh, chemicals, one of the things, right, that you have left over after a nuclear blast, and... uh, or any type of nuclear issue, and what you do is you overload your thyroid with iodine, and uh, usually potassium iodide, and therefore uh, you go and uh, you save your thyroid at least temporarily with this. I'm not again. I'm not giving medical advice or anything like that. I'm just a guy on Safety FM, right? Uh, no, uh, I gotta clean up my book. I wrote on this a couple years back and resend it out. So, those watching television saw a map of Russia gradually turning red from west to east. There was a strike, as a voice said, there was a strike. Urgently, go to a shelter. Seal the premises. Use gas masks of all types. In the absence of gas masks, use cotton gauze bandages. Boy, did Dr. Fauci uh, go over there and advise them on this? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Unbelievable. Okay, here we go. New space suits will allow humans to live... On the moon, long-term NASA says. The new spacesuits have been created specifically for the Artemis moon, uh, where a, for um, Artemis 3 mission to the moon, where a team of four astronauts will spend longer than any human has ever been there. Fly me to the moon. Right. The suits are said to be worn as part of its Artemis 3 mission, where a crewed lunar landing will take place, featuring the first woman to land on the planet. Now... Who the hell is writing, reading, uh, writing this? It's not a planet. It's a moon. Ay, 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 ay. The mission of its, uh, the mission, the first of its kind in more than 50 years, is set to take place in 2025. Oh, so I'm happy it's going to take place in my lifetime. And we'll see the crew spend around a week on the moon. This is longer than any other mission to the mysterious planet in our solar system. They've been uh, talking about this stuff uh, with the, uh, Suits for like 20 years, they're talking about it. took them a long time to replace these things. Unbelievable. Uh, those things, I can't imagine what the, how those things smelled. I mean, because you keep on using them from person to person and everything else. And, uh, you know, there, uh, in case you're wondering, there, you know, there is no, uh, bathroom in these things. There weren't diapers and stuff. I mean, these things must have smelled. Uh, pretty ripe. Ay, 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 you talk about indoor air quality issues. The U.S. lost uh, something a little bit more, uh, less uh, morbid here. The U.S. lost 2,000 plus movie theater screens amid pandemic. Total screen count shrunk as the average ticket price rose to 1053 up from 916 in 
2019. That's $9.16 and $10.53. Per an inaugural industry report from the Theater Owners Group, the nonprofit National Cinema Foundation. So, uh, the, the, So they haven't been tracking prices since 2019, uh, right? And uh, again, now if you're being terrorized, and I think we all have a heightened sense of uh, vulnerability, heightened sense of awareness, heightened sense of anxiety, Put in whatever word you want. Since we have all this heightened anxiety and everything, you're going to go and get sick if you go somewhere. And now, I, I mean, thank God, knock on wood, we have the first two weeks where nobody in the house is sick. Now we're dealing with allergies. Two years ago, we would have had to been in quarantine. Pardon me. I'm hiccups. Always during this show. You know, uh, now we would have been in quarantine for like two weeks, you know. Uh, now we all have allergies. But, you know, you go into these places, and uh, sure enough, what do you think, ha- you know, nobody wants to go. No, I, I haven't been to a movie in a long time. And I believe me, there were movies I wanted to see. You know what ruined me, really, for movie watching and changed my habits was when I took a movie course in college. I got to analyze things, and I was like, you know what? These are bad movies I'm picking out here. So, uh, movie or dad, plus all of the streaming services and everything else, uh, you know, who has time, really? I'm out here fighting the safety war. Who has time for this, right? Five Gulf cartel assassins who kidnapped. The Tommy Tuck 4, killing two, are tied up and dumped in the street with a note from the cartel of bosses apologizing to the four South Carolina families. So I did something very controversial the other night. I went to the State Department website and looked up all the travel alerts. Uh, I mean, it's worth uh, a separate program here for for, uh, uh, Mexico, right? So... This is basically what it came down to here, uh, now that we've got the whole story. Uh, a woman uh, wanted to get a tummy tuck. She couldn't afford it in North Carolina. I believe that's it, North Carolina. And uh, she ended up uh, she ended up going and uh, to Mexico, right? She ended up going to Mexico, and she ended up... Uh, Going into driving into a gang crossfire. To American, uh, right? For American citizens were kidnapped, of which two died. The criminal investigation, which has been around, and the criminal organization, which is who's taking credit for this? It is do 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 the notorious splinter scorpion splinter group, operated outside of cartel rooms, cartel rules, right? And uh, they said, look, we don't kill innocent people here, basically. Okay, well, that's nice. The criminal organization, which has been around since the 1930s, claimed the suspects acted on their own. And for this reason, we have decided to hand over those involved and directly responsible for the uh, attacks who at all times acted under their own determination and indiscipline against the rules 
right, that we have always, always operated under, respecting the life and integrity of the innocent. They apologized to a Madame Warren society that was the city, the relatives uh, of the families involved. So, okay, they apologized. I don't know. I don't, what do we call this? Honor among thieves, I guess. Uh, do do. You know, so here's a little bit of an update. This just came across my screen. The gun Alec Baldwin used on the set of Rust, Rust when he shot dead Helena Hutchins was destroyed. Uh, but the DA office denies allegation and says weapon was damaged during FBI probe. Uh, again, there's been updates. I probably need to do an update. Let me write that down on the Alec Baldwin thing. Uh, that's probably going to be tomorrow because he's uh, he's having a court date tomorrow. So uh, we'll see. Uh, um, um, they had a hearing today, but there's supposed to be a court date tomorrow, something like that. I don't know. They're dropping some charges uh, for this. Uh, because I know I don't get this because the uh, uh, DA charged him with crimes that ex, uh, that on laws or uh, what we call ex post facto after the fact. So you cannot go and convict some uh, pass a law to convict someone of a previous crime uh, sort of thing. Do do do. All right. So, here's another famous thing. I'm reading the headlines. Veretta star Robert Blake dies of uh, old age, basically, 89. And I should not go on to the breaking news websites here when I'm on the air. So, uh, anyway... And the computer locked up. Gotta love this. Do, do, do. Okay. Veretta star Robert Blake dies of heart disease at age 89. Was once cleared of hiring stunt double to murder his wife who had at least 10 previous husbands. Robert Blake has uh, died at the age of 89 after a battle with heart disease. To be honest with you, I thought he went to jail. Uh, Blake worked for more than six years in Hollywood, starring in classics like Treasure and Sierra Madre with Humphrey Bogart and in Cold Blood with John Forsythe. He was also a uh, star of a number of studio westerns under the stage name of Bobby Blake. Uh, the, while, while his career was widely celebrated, uh, Blake had also been charged with the murder of his wife, Bonnie Lee Blakely, Bakley, in... Uh, 2002, along with the solicitation of murder. A jury, though, found him not guilty of soliciting a former stuntman he worked with on Veretta to kill Blakely. Her murder was never solved. Uh, he started our gang. Now, if memory serves me right, okay, here, well, he, two, well, commercial I always remember is in the 70s, right? Uh, no, where a guy he was uh, doing this kind of workout thing, and he puts the ever ready body on his battery on his shoulder and says, "Go ahead, knock it off." In other words, uh, see what it's gonna what what'll happen, right? But he was. Uh, uh, my understanding is that he had a lot to do with uh, Veretta, with the way uh, uh, children are not allowed to be exploited on film sets. 
uh, now. There, and there are laws against it. So, uh, you know, no, that's the other thing he's famous for, not only his advertising. Now, here we go, a uh, video. This is from the Coast to Coast website, and as everyone knows, I was on that show recently. Uh, this is from Tim Vanall, who is the producer who I spoke to for a complete, uh, 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 for complete uh, disclosure here. A peculiar set of photographs taken by a paranormal investigator in New Jersey shows what might he believes to be Bigfoot Watching him from a distance, the witness who operates a YouTube channel captured the curious images last month during his sojourn into what he calls a research area in part in the southern part of the state. As the expedition was coming to an end, he exited a thick patch of woods to an open pathway with some train tracks, noted something unusual. Well, uh, I looked at the video, I viewed it, it looks like a uh, cutout from Bigfoot that you could buy online. And it's just standing there, not doing anything, not moving around, not like the one well, who was Robert Patterson uh, thing. Now, I want to point out something. Everybody here knows, or you should know, that I uh, went to school in uh, South Jersey, Stockton University. It's Stockton University now. Uh, then it was Stockton State College. Then it became Richard Stockton uh, College of New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and... Uh, and it's very common for people to go on Jersey devil hunts in South Jersey, right? Uh, and very common. This looks like the Atlantic City, two things, either the Atlantic City rail line or this might be on a military site. There's a military uh, railroad that runs from Fort Dix to through Fort Monmouth to Leonardo Pier. It's a straight line. Uh, you know, uh, so in other words, what would normally take you an hour and a half drive on the uh, New Jersey Turnpike Garden State Parkway to Route 34 would uh, only take you about 30 minutes on this rail line if you follow the road. So this looks, or this might be the Atlantic City uh, rail line out there. But anyway, you know, it was very common uh when I went to college, that you go on Jersey Devil hunts. Now, what's the Jersey Devil? Not only it's what the hockey team was named after, but the Jersey Devil was, uh, and their story varies. The thirteenth uh, child of the Leeds family, specifically Jimmy Leeds, and in Atlantic County, New Jersey, the Jimmy Leeds fam, the Leeds family is like uh, a very was very prominent family. Uh, in colonial times, up until the early 1900s, for the most part, and a lot of the cemeteries there were have leads in them. Uh, were Stockton is they had Jimmy Leeds Road, but what's my point? Young people used to go into you know from college from Stockton used to go on Jersey Devil hunts, right? And there was an article in uh, you know at night in the late spring, uh, early fall when the weather was nice and it wasn't freezing out there. And you'd go out there, and you know, you, you know, you're young people. You know how it is. And uh, I, I'm every time I see one of these stories, I'm like, well, maybe you know, maybe the guy. I don't know what was the guy doing out there. I remember there was a story a um, number of years ago in the New York Times where there was a guy who had a club, the uh, Jersey Devil uh, Society, or something like that, 
where they would go out and look for the Jersey Devil and do the recordings and everything else. And uh, lo and behold, uh, lo and behold, uh, he was the only man in the club, and it was a club of women. So you, you go figure out. You, I don't know. So uh, were there ever Bigfoot sightings in New Jersey? The answer is yes. There were Bigfoot sightings in the 1980s. I'm saying late uh, mid 1970s. There was a big Sasquatch phase uh, for, uh, craze, and they had uh, on uh, a movie, as I recall. Around the death, around the time of the death of Elvis, that was uh, in the theaters or on TV or something about Bigfoot, and my brothers used to torment me because uh, of my parents' uh, house in uh, Sussex County. That's where it was Bigfoot, uh, and that's where now they their reports were around that area, and I think it was all part of the Friday the Thirteenth craze also because that was filmed at uh the boy scout camp up there uh camp crystal lake it was in the movie but this uh the camp is named nobi solo nobi sobi i believe that's how you pronounce it in outside of larry's sense so anyway a little bit of fun we don't only talk safety here if you happen to go in the woods and you see bigfoot you know for your safety and theirs uh, you know, get the hell out of there. I don't know uh, uh, what you do. So we're going to take a brief break and time out, and we're going to go to uh, our regular OSHA news releases. You are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow, safety today. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. OSHA recordables, first aid cases, catastrophic losses. You want answers? So do I. This is Jim Polzel with Safety Wars. Okay, so here we go. Uh, let's talk about OSHA news. Uh, a lot came out since you know I could not be on the air last night. So here we have... Uh, Secretary, and this is from um, today, Secretary Mar Marty Walsh addresses President Biden's fiscal year 2024. The Biden-Harris administration today released President Biden's fiscal year 2024 budget. The budget details a blueprint to grow the economy from the bottom up and middle out, lower costs for families, protect and strengthen Medicare and Social Security, and reduce the deficit by ensuring the wealthy and big corporations pay their fair share. 
all while ensuring no one making less than $400,000 per year pays more taxes. I have a feeling that the less than $400,000 per year category is going to grow. Uh, President Biden's, and this is a quote, President Biden's 2024 budget requests $15.1 billion in discretionary resources for the Department of Labor allows us to fulfill our commitment to advance equity in all aspects of our work, including enforcing life-saving health and safety uh, health and safety uh, laws, advancing registered apprenticeships and sector-based training, and securing requirements for millions of workers and families. The proposed budget delivers on the right, uh, on, on the promise to make sure people in all communities have access to good jobs and that all workers in America can count on the Department of Labor to be there among them. The budget makes critical targeted investments in the American people that will promote greater prosperity and economic growth for decades to come. So what does this budget do? One, empowers and protects workers. Uh, to ensure work employees employers treat workers with dignity and respect, I don't know how we define that, uh, an increase of $430 million over the 2023 enacted level in the department's worker protection agencies. The budget will enable the department to promote fair, safe, and healthful workplaces for all, especially those in high-risk and undeserved communities, combat exploitative child labor, protect the benefits and financial security of all workers. Okay, safe and healthful workplaces. Where have I heard that before? Oh, that's the general duty clause under OSHA. All right, uh, expands pathways to good jobs. So, worker training, sectorial employment through career training for occupational readiness program. Now, this is what uh, uh, this is what the problem is with jobs programs. I have a very close friend of the family uh, who lost his job in the early 2000s. The state of New Jersey paid for him and a whole bunch of other people to go into a certain field. And what do you think they did to that certain field? That was, it was in a high-demand field in the late 1990s, early 2000s. What do you think happened? Any guess? Any, any guess at all? What a... Uh, they flooded the field, and all of the wages dropped. This is part of what the problem is when we go and we allow the government to tell you where you're going to be, the high-quality training and blah, 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 and high-quality jobs. The economy is transient, right? The economy, uh, no. Uh, so, for example, in the 19, my brother Eric and I were just talking about this the other day. All, uh, no, my father and my other brother, John, who, both of whom passed away, they uh, were tool and die makers and machinists their entire career. My uh, father, and uh, should I have the camera up, but I look like Wuvno here. I'm, I'm holding my hand. Thank you for working safely at Western Electric Carney Works, a deck of cards that's in its original packaging and everything. Probably worth something to someone. Uh, we Carney was one of the largest employers in New Jersey, but when they were training to be, when my brother John was training in the uh, late seventies, early eighties to be a tool and die maker, none of the schools were concentrating on computers. 
They knew that this was coming up uh, with the technology was going to be advancing, and it turned out to advance a couple of years later. And the, the apprentice programs continued not to address computers. But the government dumped a whole bunch of money into these apprentice pro programs and everything else. It never worked out. So what am I saying? you got to let the market dictate what's going on here. When we force people to get an education and what might be a useless skill in a couple of years because the money is there, and we do know with colleges and universities, once the money is there, they never go and rescind that money. They just keep on asking for the same money. Uh and then, uh, no, improves access and equity into the insurance program, unemployment insurance program, expand employment protections for military spouses, safeguards equal opportunity and non-discrimination, and strengthens mental health parity uh, protections. I know one of, uh, uh, now I know it's very common, right, so we're, uh, for people nowadays to uh, say if they're having uh, mental health issues at work, and I'm having a mental health issue. I'm having a mental health issue. Well, let me explain something to you folks. That's a good thing. You're saying you need help. But what happens is this. A lot of companies are not on board with mental health issues. They don't realize that, that is, you're in a, there are protections. If you do, now, so, for example, let's say that you get, you're working and you get an, uh, a chronic illness. Name them. We got a million of them out there. And they fire you on the spot. Well, guess what? That's a violation of non-discrimination laws because you have a disability. Same thing goes on with mental illness. If you go around saying, I'm, you know, I have a, a, a mental illness, I have this, I have that, first of all, these companies are less inclined to hire you. Second of all, you're there, and this happened to a somebody I know fairly recently ago, for fairly recently, where they were uh, 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 fired. He believes he was fired, and he's going to be pursuing a case against them. So, again, it's a tightrope we're walking here, right? And this is the disincentive that we have in our society against mental illness. Right? This is a, there's a disincentive for, because of these issues. And when we get people out there getting fired over it, it's a big issue uh, here. Uh, now, uh, with that, I, now I'm glad that they're adding some more worker protections to that. Uh, with that, I think more has to happen on the local level with that. Uh, now, I, so, now, what's next? We're going to start... Uh, no, we're okay with firing people over other things. And, you know, we know how these companies are, a lot of them that are unethical. Uh, there was a case, I was working uh, in a uh, very large pharmaceutical project back in the mid-2000s. And the head of human resources, one of the uh, people who was construction job, one of the construction workers had polio, which I thought was pretty ironic because it was at the facility that created the polio vaccine. And he worked for the contractor. He said, look, I need a handicapped uh, uh, parking spot. So he comes to me, Jimmy, I need a handicapped parking I said, look, you got to talk to the head of human resources. And 
I said, I can't, no, I can't give that. You got to go to the right person for that. And they can probably, probably do it. He said, I said, well, I said, if you don't mind me asking, what's your disability? I know you're limping and everything, but I don't normally, you know, that's not, that's medical stuff. I don't really want to get involved. He said, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're not staring at me. Like half of the people here, I had a polio as a child and I have a problem walking and, uh, you know, a little bit of face droop here and everything. I said, okay, well, no, I don't, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't give you that. They got plenty of parking spots next to the work areas. So what do you think this woman does? She says, what the hell is a handicapped person doing living here, uh, working here? She says it in front of me and about 10 other people. So what do you think I said to her? I said, pardon me? You heard me. What's He's handicapped. What's he doing working on a construction site? And I said to her, first of all, that's not acceptable. Number one, that you would say that. Totally unacceptable. Totally inappropriate. Second, if you're going to talk that way, make sure I'm not around because you just opened yourself up for a lawsuit. You better approve that thing. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem here. And this is like the head of human resources says this crap. You know, I don't know. Uh, very, very frustrating. Here we have an administrative law judge to affirm citations. An Alabama automotive parts supplier is to pay $1.3 million in penalties after 20-year-old, uh, that's in 2016. This facility uh, is visible from a major interstate in Alabama. I pass this by. Uh, the Independent... Uh, uh, Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission has affirmed citations issued by the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration to a global auto parts supplier after the 2016 death of a 20-year-old machine operator at an Alabama manufacturing facility. The decision comes after the company uh, contested OSHA citations after an investigation of how an employee at its facility suffered fatal crushing injuries with the robotic machines. Ocean inspectors learned that the machine operator and three co-workers entered a robotic cell on the assembly line to clear a sensor fault when a robot inside the cell restarted abruptly, crushing the young woman inside. The inspection led to OSHA to cite the company for 51 safety violations, including 48 willful violations. On February 10, 2023, an administrative law judge held the majority of violations and uh, no violation or penalty can recover a lost life, uh, according to the U.S. Department of Labor Regional Solicitor Tremel Howard in Atlanta. This case's resolution serves as a stark reminder to all employers that the U.S. Department of Labor uh, uh, will exhaust all available resources and actions to hold them accountable when they fail to meet federal requirements to protect the safety and health of their employees. Now, this was a lockout-tagout issue. There's been a couple of stories in the news under 1910-147 on lockout-tagout issues. Been one of those issues with robots. I know I've worked in several warehouses over the last six Seven, seven, almost seven and a half years here where they have robots. And I tell you what, they, uh, the lockout tagout requirements are ridiculous. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, 
a lot of employees. And I, now this is probably we should earmark this for something else here. Uh, no, earmark this as uh, well. We're going to revisit this because I tell you what. No, I do all these stories live. I'm just like when I'm first reading them. We covered that the other day. Uh, fire department. Uh, I closed out a story. Fire department concerns a lead federal investigators, inspectors to identify dangerously blocked exit routes, fire extinguishers at in Cincinnati. And I'll mention it this time because it's. <laughs> I'll, you know, this is one of the few companies I'll mention the names of. Uh, fire extinguishers at a Cincinnati Dollar General store. Alerted by the concerns of a, of a Westchester Township Fire Department in, in Ohio. This is an OSHA news release. Workplace safety inspectors with the DOL discovered exit routes, doors, and fire extinguishers locked at a Dollar General location uh, in, around Cincinnati. Same kind of dangers that have contributed to more than $15 million in proposed federal penalties. Again, everyone's innocent until proven guilty with all this stuff, and things get negotiated downward and litigated. Uh, fast access to fire extinguishers and exit doors and routes to them are a matter of life and death in an emergency, and yet, despite millions of fines and safety violations at more than 180 locations, Dollar General continues to repeatedly ignore these conditions and risk the safety of their workers. Uh, the company must change the way it operates and ensure that its store locations meet federal workplace safety standards before tragedy strikes, said Air OSHA Area Administrator, uh, I'm sorry, said OSHA Area Director Ken Montgomery in Cincinnati. Uh, and, and this is from September, November 2022. They found exit routes throughout the store and a storeroom emergency exit and fire extinguishers blocked by stacks of merchandise and rolling containers. So that was before two of the largest retail holidays in the country. That is Halloween and Christmas. The unsafely stacked merchandise also exposed uh, workers, right? And Dal OSHA cited the store's operator, Dalgen Midwest LLC, or three repeated safety violations and proposed penalties at $254,478. Let's go to it. Okay, let's, we got the uh, citation here. Okay. Uh, citation one, item one, repeat violation, serious, 1910.36, G2. And that exit access must be at least 28 inches wide at all points, where there is only one exit access leading to an exit or exit discharge. The width of the exit and exit discharge must be at least equal to the width of the exit access. And they listed a whole bunch of things, right? I don't know. I, I don't get it. They were there in September, then they revisited in November and found the same exact violations. Uh, Dolgan Midwest LLC DBA Dollar General, blah, blah, blah. And another one, a that was $156,259. Another one, a repeat serious violation was 1910.37. Exit routes had to be free and unobstructed. And that was $0.00. 
this year things change at the end of this month. Citation, uh, this is going to be written on significantly different from here on out. Citation 1, item 2, repeat violation. And portable fire extinguishers, uh, this is 1910-157, have to be readily uh, accessible. And that was $98,219 fine. So, I, I mean, I don't, you know. Let me see there. I'm interested in the name of this company. Are all of them named the same? So, my only question is this. In Dollar Generals, how are they set up? Is it all the same EIN numbers, or are they individually owned? That's a question, you know, I don't know. But again, uh, unaware of a danger, a painter fatally falls 21 feet after stepping on an unsecured uh, balcony. So this was off from Region 5 in Cleveland, a lot of activity going on over there. So a worker walked out on a balcony, and it basically collapsed, and then fell on top of him. He fell off it, and then it fell on top of him. All right, uh... Unsecured balcony platform. U.S. EPA. Uh, so what's our update on East Palestine, Ohio train derailment? I had a data analyst actually call me up the other day asking me about this. As I uh, said to her, hey, uh, go on over to the EPA website. They have everything there. And... Okay, March 6, 2023, this is the latest update. It's now March 9th, so this was Monday. Since soil removal got underway on Saturday, March 4th, EPA has been monitoring and conducting real-time sampling near this site. To date, no off-site releases of vapor at levels of concern have been detected. EPA does not anticipate exceedances of work of levels of health concern because of this work. We are carefully overseeing this work to ensure residents' safety, Protective measures include round-the-clock air monitoring at the site and throughout the community, as well as the use of EPA's TAGA, I don't know what that stands for, Mobile Laboratory, which is conducting a real-time air sampling route, uh, route near the soil excavation area. So apparently, you know, uh, this is like a mobile uh, laboratory, but this is all along that. I was actually on a site, I believe, with the TAGA Mobile Laboratory when I think of it now. While we do not anticipate exceedances of levels of health concern, we do expect the potential for increased odors. So, as I said previously, uh, odors, right, with things in lieu of a PEL or TLV or REL or other, any other exposure limit, odors and warning properties could be, uh, no, th those are what the standards are. U.S. Department of Energy and Environmental Protection Agency partners to support reliable energy. This is uh, from news release from uh, the U.S. EPA today. The U.S. Department of Energy and U.S. EPA uh, today signed a joint memorandum of understanding to guide new clean energy opportunities that will support access to reliable, affordable electricity across uh, uh, electricity and advance the United States towards the Biden-Harris administration's goal net zero economy by 2050. I don't think that this is sustainable. From people I've spoken to in the industry, uh, 
the natural resources are not there unless we have some type of major breakthrough with this, and they're relying on uh, nuclear stuff. Uh, now, I could go on and on and on and on, but that's what I'm going to be. I, I think that they have to look uh, under uh, sustainability uh, policies here. Uh, the Biden's, uh, President Biden's fiscal 2024 budget requests $12.083 billion, supporting the EPA's essential work to protect human health and the environment. Today, the Biden-Harris administration released the President's budget for fiscal year 2024, and... The budget requests over $12 billion in discretionary budget authority uh, from the EPA in 2024, a 19% increase from fiscal year 2023 enacted level. EPA will release the full congressional justification in uh, re budget and brief uh, soon, but these are the highlights, and I'm not going to go into explanation here. Tackling the climate, climate crisis with urgency, Right, so five billion dollars. That's a seven seven hundred fifty-seven million dollar increase. Advancing environmental justice, uh, upgrading drinking water and wastewater infrastructure. This is and replace the lead plate pipes nationwide. This is a real big issue. That should this, my opinion, this should be the number one issue for the EPA. Right there, it's the drinking water and securing safe drinking water here. It's very uh, ridiculous that we still have uh, pipes in the ground from the beginning of last century. That's the 1900s in the ground. I mean, I hear stuff all the time in these from people in older cities say, "Hey, Jim, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, you know, they dug up, and this was in uh, 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 Metro New York, New Jersey area or New York City area." Dude, we were we we all these lead pipes and everything, and we also got a. Uh, all, you know, we were redoing the sewer pipes. They had hollowed out trees as the sewer pipes. And they lasted for like 175 years. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it happens, but, you know. Uh, tackling per and polyfluoracal fluor... <laughs> Let's try that again. Tackling per and polyfluoracal substances, PFAS pollution. Uh, enforcing and ensuring compliance with uh, nation's environmental laws. Uh, right. Uh, restoring critical capacity to carry out, carry out EPA's core mission. All that stuff. So let's see how many minutes we have left in the show. Do do do. We got a whole bunch of stories we didn't even get to. So we have three minutes and twenty one seconds here. So. Uh, arrest made in fatal shooting of bodega worker in Manhattan. That's the guy who got a Tyvek oversuit and a face mask. Not a respirator, a face mask. And he went into a bodega, which is a, what they call a convenience store. Right? And uh, shot a guy. Here's another man targeted a strange wife at work in a shooting. Right? AIM. Uh, this is from Canada. Here and along these themes, right here we have uh, attack uh, by four dogs kills a worker, right? Uh, this is apparently some type of a delivery worker or something like that. And uh, so, what's, what do these have? Our workplace violence, 
situation social recordable? The answer is, yeah, it is a workplace violence situation, so it is workplace-related. So my question is this. Are, uh, what's your workplace doing? Oh, well, we have that nice sign out there that says no guns allowed. Oh, really? Everywhere where these mass shootings take place, and I'm sure in these workplaces too, it said guns aren't allowed. People ignore them. So what are your what are you, again? What are we doing in New York? You can't. It's illegal to have a bulletproof vest. So now, what are you doing? I don't know. This is controversial, but uh, you know, it's the way. You know, what's your employing? Uh, are they have security? Do they have security guards that are not sleeping? Do you, are, do you put workers behind bulletproof glass? Do you have access control? Can anybody just come in and walk in? A lot of workplaces are like that. No access control. They just let people in. No buzzer system to let people in. It's not oriented. Uh, no, I think some prevention through design or some retrofitting is what needs to happen here with a lot of these workplaces because this, you know, this is ridiculous. There are other things than guns that people could attack a workplace with. I don't know if you folks are uh, aware of that. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. I should be back tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.